Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 4, Episode 16, A Study in 2 Peter. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In today's episode, we continue our study in 2 Peter, finishing Chapter 1, where Peter is stirring his readers into action, into living a virtuous life, and not to forget the teaching they had heard when they first believed. Peter was an eyewitness to the glory of God, and as his time draws near, he again wants to encourage his readers. All right, if we would turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 12. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder since I know that the putting off of my body will soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention, as a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts knowing this first of all that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man but men spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit going back to verse 12 therefore i intend always to remind you of these qualities though you know them and are established in the truth that you have so what qualities is peter referring to Well, in the previous verses, Peter tells us that we have been given everything we need for life and godliness through the call of God's grace. It is God's grace that should serve as an incentive to live a righteous and godly life. The godly life is an indicator of those who have eternal life and evidence that salvation truly belongs to that person. False teachers had crept into the community and were trying to pull believers away from what they first believed. Peter is using this time to remind his readers that they should not need the reminder because the community knows them and established in the truth. However, the false teachers were superfluous and dangerous, and the community needs to stay with the truth of the gospel that they know. Verse 13 says, I think it right as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder. Here is why Peter feels he needs to stir them up with this reminder. He was called by God to be an apostle, and while he was still breathing on this earth, he was compelled to prompt the church with the truth of the gospel. Peter knows his time is drawing short. Now Paul clearly knew that earthly life was fragile and short. We see in 2 Corinthians 5.1, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, 
if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked for while we are still in this tent we groan being burdened not that we would be unclothed but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life he who has prepared us for this very thing is god who has given us the spirit as a guarantee peter's readers knew all these things as all believers did but peter's time was drawing down and he wanted to stir up the church he knew that believers knew the gospel but we need to pray on it we need to establish it on our in our lives every day what it means to us verse 14 says since i know that the putting off of my body will be soon as our lord jesus christ made clear to me so what makes peter think his time is short well i think christ had made it plain to him what had jesus told peter well we find that in john chapter 21 verse 15 first jesus is telling peter even though he denied him three times he's telling him three times were you going to feed my sheep starting with verse 15 when they had finished breakfast jesus said to simon peter simon son of john do you love me more than these and he said to them yes lord you know that i love you and he said to him feed my lambs and he said to him a second time son simon son of john do you love me and he said to him yes lord you know that i love you and he said to him tend my sheep and he said to him the third time simon son of john do you love me and peter was grieved because he said to him the third time do you love me and he said to him lord you know everything you know that i love you and jesus said to him feed my sheep then he goes on here truly truly i say to you when you were young you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted but when you are old you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify god and after saying this he said to him follow me if peter at the time he was writing this letter was an older man he knew that the prophecy of jesus was coming for him soon perhaps even as he wrote this the events that would lead to his death were beginning to line up verse 15 says and i will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things well before peter leaves this life his mission was to remind the church of the gospel and counter the false teachers that were infiltrating the church peter also knows that his readers both jew and gentile were to face impending persecution knowing that the martyrdom and probably paul at this time had already been martyred and now peter who was within the view of god's sovereignty was coming verse 16 for we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our lord jesus christ but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty what does peter know about the gospel message well <laughs> he lived it this was not myths made up but actual events and powerful actions of a majestic god a majestic god that was intervening in the history of his creation bringing salvation to mankind and as an apostle of christ sharing the gospel churches were established by apostolic tradition and by their teaching and this teaching was to the power and coming of jesus and it made it all the more powerful because of the apostolic eyewitness of christ jesus majesty 
The coming of Jesus, taught by the apostles, was the powerful return of Christ, where the sheep will be separated from the goats. In Matthew 25:31, Jesus was stating, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Peter and the other apostles were eyewitnesses and benefactors of the gospel message directly from Jesus Christ. These were not cleverly invented stories or myths. Some false teachers were pushing that the gospel was just that, clever myths. But the false teachers spoke of no bodily resurrection even. In fact, we see in 2 Timothy 2.14, Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth, but avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have sur- swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. But Peter goes on here to describe the majesty of Christ Jesus. Verse 17, For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Peter is speaking about a very specific event that he was at. We see that in Matthew chapter 17, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. You know, Peter could always speak up. Verse 5 says, He was still speaking, when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And they were lifted up their eyes. They saw when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. So at the transfiguration, Peter saw the glory of God fall on Jesus, and then he heard God's voice declaring him as his son. Now that honor and glory will be replicated in the second coming. And Matthew sixteen twenty seven says, "For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father." And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. So Peter anticipates Christ's glory when he returns as he recalls the transfiguration that he saw. Peter was not 
dreaming or propounding some myth, he saw Jesus transformed and he heard God's very words, as Thomas Schreiner writes. Verse 18 says, We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. So here in verse 18, Peter confirms again that he was there and heard the divine voice on the mountain where Christ took them. Verse 19 says, And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Well, now we get into some difficult verses. But in this verse, all the other apostles have the calling confirmed by the prophetic word in the Old Testament. They knew what the Old Testament said about Christ. And this confirmation of prophecy in the Old Testament is confirmed by the transfiguration. The word of God is something Peter tells the churches that they must pay attention to. But why? Because the day of the Lord is coming. He says, pay attention to as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So what is this last section of this verse stating? The language, again, is not clear to our modern thinking and confusing of points, but the day dawning is certainly the day of the Lord, a day of judgment and salvation. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. So the morning star rising could be Peter's reference to Numbers 24:17, And in that verse, we see a prophecy about the Messiah. It says, verse 17 says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. The word in Greek for star here is phosphoros. Oh, that might sound familiar. And phosphoros was referred to in ancient times as the planet Venus. How can Jesus be a morning star rising in a person's heart? That language seems odd. But the language seems to point to a time where Christianity no longer needs to continue to shine in a dark place because Christ has returned and the sinful world will pass and Christ will rule as a bright star, enlightening a believer's heart. Verse 20 says, Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Was Peter talking about the origin of prophecy or the interpretation of prophecy? Any prophetic vision did not come from the prophet themselves, as Peter is saying here, I believe he's saying here, but in Scripture was given by God. False teachers were actively interpreting prophecy just to support their own views, even that that view was against all other Scripture. In fact, we see what's coming up in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. Peter speaks here in chapter 3 of those twisting scripture to support their views, but to their own destruction. Peter is stating that the Old Testament prophecies were not a matter of personal interpretation, but have been authoritatively interpreted by the apostles, 
through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21 says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So this verse 21 is the groundwork for verse 20. The apostle, the apostle's interpretation is not from them alone, but again through the Holy Spirit. It does not come from the will of man, but human beings and God are both fully involved in the process of inspiration. We know that because human beings write and speak with their own personalities and style intact. But the words of Scripture, all of the words of Scripture, come from God. B.B. Warfield called this concursus. Personality and literary style show up, but the words are God's as inspired by the Holy Spirit. Thomas Schreiner also writes, Evangelical theology rightly infers from this that the Scriptures are authoritative, infallible, and inerrant, for God's words must be true. All right, next episode 17, we will enter chapter 2, looking at the arrival, character, and judgment of false teachers. I hope this season 4 and the first and second letters of Peter speaks to you. I pray that this study blesses you, and I strongly encourage you to spend time in God's Word. We do have a Facebook and Instagram page. I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you have discovered something helpful or uplifting, or it could help someone else. God bless you with faithful endurance, as Peter tells us. And I pray that you are greatly strengthened by God. God bless. Until next episode.